You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Today, we welcome to the podcast, Amy Stetler, one of our account directors here at Level Agency and the lead of our client partnerships, Center of Excellence. So Amy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hey, Miles. Thanks for having me. So let's kick it off as we tend to do on these uh, person-focused podcasts with getting to know you a little bit. And I always like to do that with just a fun random fact, something not work-related that can speak to Amy as the person versus Amy as the account director or COE lead. I always love these questions. You know, I was thinking about my fun random fact for today. And I think it's interesting that I am the youngest of seven kids in a very multidimensional family. So there's 18 years from me to my oldest. And I have two oldest that are 18 because there was two different marriages. So it's a kind of interesting generational upbringing that taught me a lot pretty early on about independence and problem solving and and also gave me a wild imagination uh, because I had a lot of time on my hands trying to understand how to talk to people who were 10 or 15 or 18 years older than me. Sounds like the Brady Bunch a little bit. (laughs) It was. It was. I call it the Brady Bunch on steroids um, because mom and dad each had lives in the early 60s. And then those lives changed and they came together in the late 60s and had two of us. And um, and so we were kind of uh, very relative to the Brady Bunch back in those days. That's awesome. (laughs) Now that I know that about you, it makes sense that you are the powerhouse in business that you are, right? You probably had to learn how to stand up for yourself at a very young age, being surrounded by all those older siblings, how to speak up so you didn't get lost in the shuffle. And now that plays very well into your career, I imagine. Like you said, used to talking to people who are older than you, or perhaps more elder than you or or higher up in a hierarchy in a business, right? You can like just get right in there and feel comfortable. And then now that you are established, that just taking control and owning a room. From day one, you had to do that. That's exactly it. From day one, I kind of had to get noticed and I had to to use um, talents deep inside of me to keep up with my older brothers and sisters and get my parents to kind of remember that I was here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so we, we certainly know you're here every day at Level because you've done great things um, since you joined the team and your primary role is as account director. So I'd love to hear more about that. What does that mean? What does an account director do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it's really a fun job, I have to start by saying, but our role as account directors are um, to really be the primary point of contact for our clients, to build out the blueprint for achieving client goals and addressing client problems, and to empower each of the team, each of the disciplines to deliver against those goals. So it's kind of equal parts coaching leading and doing. And so I think the fun part about it for me at level is 
we have clients that are in states of various states of growth and various states of needs. And many of these clients are mid-size or small size, so they don't have deep resource on their side. So we get to build out the team that acts as an extension of their marketing department. And so as the account director, you're the coach of that team for the most part. So you're deciding who's in, who's out, who's on the bench, who's who's in training, and really who's got the spotlight. Who do you need to be pitching that day and who do you need to be catching? And so I think the, the part where we have area to grow with our clients is in in strategic marketing leadership. So a lot of clients today are eager for the solution and they are looking for how do I move from point A to point B very quickly. And we have the great opportunity to kind of back up and map out that strategy, understand the audience, understand the product, understand the competition and understand the marketing marketplace, I should say work with the creative team and the media team to build that into an action plan and then put that plan in, in place. And from what I know about your career, that's you've done something, some variation of what you just said for a very long time and for some very big brands. So I know you're, you're on the humble side of things, right? So I'm going to ask you to brag about yourself a little bit here and share with us just a bit of your resume, just to paint the picture for people when you talk about marketing strategy and, and coaching and leading teams some of the big companies you've done that for. I'd love to hear about that and then how you're now able to use some of that you know, big name experience out in the world and apply it to customers for level and within level as sort of our own internal client, right? Because we're all working on our own stuff as well. Yeah, sure. I, thank you for saying that. And um, I am a student of David Ogilvy first and foremost. So Ogilvy and Mather was my training ground in the 90s. And I was really brought up to be a voice for the consumer in the advertising process and in the marketing process. And so, you know, David's um, advertising philosophy was very direct and very smart. And to assume that your customer needed to know everything there was to know about the product that you were selling. So in my approach, I take that approach with my clients and with my teammates. So I try to be incredibly articulate and detailed and probably over communicate a little bit. At Ogilvy, we, um, I got to work on brands like IBM and American Express. And those really set me up for um, understanding the power of marketing in, through storytelling and the power of putting that story in the right place at the right time. I took it upon myself in my career to be the voice of that intersection of um, message and medium and make sure that we weren't just pushing messages out into media, but that we were really understanding where the consumer was in their journey and putting that message in the right moment where we could solicit a change. I went on to work for Intel for many years, and Intel today is a very different company, but in the 90s, we were creating Wi-Fi, we were creating computers that went into every home, and that was a big mission of mine, was to be on that team that helped a computer get into every home. You may remember Intel Inside. At the time, there was a very ubiquitous audio 
bong, we called it, that went dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And that um, at one point played every seven seconds somewhere in the world. And I was uh, very fortunate to be part of the Intel global leadership team on the agency side that not only oversaw our own messaging and our own strategies, but also the Intel Inside program, which is one of the most powerful ingredient marketing programs that has ever been created. And someday I'd be happy to talk about the infrastructure of that um, because what it did was it put hundreds of millions of dollars in the market behind Intel, all for the exchange of hardware and technology between the COE and Intel. And so that was a, a really powerful learning and training ground for me, also in terms of developing strategy, because a company like IBM or HP had their own ambitions for where they were selling their technology, but Intel wanted to have a voice in that strategy as well. And so I got exposed to all of this world-class marketing from all of these computer companies, which then led me to time with Apple. When Apple decided to start to use Intel chips in their machines, I was in the right place at the right time and uh, got to join that team and be part of some of the most powerful storytelling on the planet and work with some of the most uh, amazing and intelligent marketing minds, including Steve Jobs, for many years. You know, what I still to this day bring forward from all of those experiences, working with really high-performing individuals and high-performing teams, is really three things. That communicating the goal that we're all working toward and making sure each individual on the team is empowered to achieve that goal with whatever it is that they need is critical to our success. That attention to detail, you know, is critical. The devil's in the details, as they say. So if we need to take a step back and dig into a very minute detail on a Facebook campaign in order to get that insight that will help make everything else better. It's worth it to do it. And I guess the third thing is that is something Steve used to say to us, which is genius is not just a brilliant idea. Genius is a brilliant idea flawlessly executed. And so that attention to detail and that empowerment of the team is all working in service towards that flawless execution of programs. And that's the way you win. And that's the way you drive efficiency through the entire system. Yeah, it's a great point because an idea on its own really isn't anything, right? You can't, you can't hold it, right? But that flawless execution of the idea is something you can see, touch, feel. That's what makes the idea genius is that we were able to do it. So it's a really good point. A lot of people want to be idea people. But if it stops there, it's not enough. And I think the account director role and what we're building at level for the next generation of level is what flawless execution looks like in the future. So coming from kind of a core four background where flawless execution lived in the algorithm and lived in the manipulation of the algorithm to the future where contextual messaging matters again, where the cookie is evolving and possibly changing where Apple is impacting privacy and therefore changing the way marketing is working in today's and tomorrow's world. 
means we kind of have to go back a little bit to the storytelling and to the foundations of creating a big idea and then executing it across multiple channels, not just in digital channels, or should I say algorithmic machine-based digital channels. Yeah, bringing that human element back as, yeah. in, out, out, as the algorithms figure themselves out again, right? They're kind yeah. of resetting right now. Yeah, exactly. How does this all factor in in your mind to the, the additional role you've taken on recently of leading the client partnership center of excellence? You know, how, how do you see, it seems like it, it fits really well, the account director role, your background, and now what happens in the client partnership COE? But I'd love to hear your thoughts on what does this role mean? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's very new. So I'm building out the vision for that now with Patrick Van Gorder, who I'm, I'm taking the handoff from. The team dynamic of what the client partnership COE represents is made up of account directors, data and research, testing. I had to think about that one for a minute. Yeah. Connected to data and research, um, and then operations, and so all of those things touch every aspect of of how we handle a client's business, right? So, for data and um, testing. We're constantly building out test frameworks and hypotheses to improve upon results and continue to iterate in our test, learn, grow model. So that married to strategy and research. So making sure we have the right tools in place and we have um, the most cutting edge training, the most forward thinking strategic frameworks that we are building off of connect directly to testing and connect then directly to operations. And, you know, so working with some of the best project management thinking in the market today, making sure that we are systemically infusing our teams with an operational model that is increasing efficiency and allowing us to grow our resources in a financially viable way so that we are continuing to be a profitable company is is critical there. All of those things, in my opinion, and in my vision are the, the building blocks to a successful client partnerships team. Because it's all of those things that we lay down as the foundational building blocks with our new clients when we onboard them. You know, so what's the onboarding and discovery process look like? What do we discover in your research client and in your former strategies that we can build off of? How does that inspire us to test into new areas and, and identify new test frameworks that can continue to make marketing better? And how do we operationalize all of that? Those are the building blocks to, to continue to use that phrase of my vision right now. And that's all kind of coming together with the subject matter expert leads that are also now being identified on the team. Ultimately, it is going to be about, as I said earlier, creating that team as a leadership coaching team for each of the individual client partnership teams. So in our vertical model, when we have our B2B1 team, B2B2 team, you know, the COE will work with each of those teams to help evolve their operating models and evolve their processes so they're continuing to drive better performance for their clients. So we keep saying client and partnership, which mm -hmm. partnership is a big, is a value of level, right? One of our core values is partnership. 
So many other firms would call what we call client partnership, client services. So what do you think is that important difference between client services and client partnership? It's such a good question. I sort of get a visual in my mind about it, Miles, which is um, the difference between being handed a tray of food versus getting together in the kitchen and cooking a meal together, you know? or being served at a, at a restaurant versus cooking at home. Like we are not on the mission of just providing services um, because that can be very short-sighted. Our mission is to immerse ourselves in our client's business and our client's industry and have as much vested interest and responsibility for the success of their business as they do. It means it doesn't quite end when the quote unquote workday ends, right. it means, you know, we are always thinking about their business and their marketing and their money like it's our own. And so together we're going to achieve success and we are in this for the long haul with our partners. We are not in this for short bursts of fun projects to work on or short, you know, assignments to help just solve a immediate issue. We are in this to bring our expertise through years and years of performance marketing now layered with strategy and uh, holistic marketing, full funnel marketing through for the long term with our clients. And so it's a together thing. <laughs> yeah. And I love that visual of being served food versus, you know, being elbow to elbow, making a meal together. I've not heard that metaphor before, but it, it makes perfect sense because that is the difference. Like you just get something put in front of you or you get to create that thing that is then also put in front of you. It's where partnership meets ownership. One of our other values, right? Is like yeah. you said, we're in it with them to yeah. grow that business together. Like it was our very own. Yeah. And you know, some, in some cases, some clients need just an, a partner that will put stuff in front of them. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. It's just to say that we don't approach it. And our, our, our ethos is not to approach it as just a service. Our ethos, even if the client is resource constrained and can't give as much mind share or attention to marketing as they would like, that's, that's even better for us because then we are their extended marketing department. And even though we're putting stuff in front of them to sign off on or agree to or, or work on together, they know that we take pride in ownership of the work with them. So if I'm a client listening to this, because we send all these to every podcast, our client list and potential clients are finding us on the listening apps, right? I'm listening to this. Why do I care? Right? Like, why do I care that Level has a whole center of excellence to, you know, dedicated to client partnership? It feels like, on the surface, an us thing, something we care about as an agency. But what about it do you feel most benefits the clients and make, makes it something they should get excited about, just like we get excited about? It's a great question. I mean, I think there's a couple things that rise to the top there. The first is that we become deep subject matter experts in their industry and in their business challenges. So I had a conversation with um, a finance client the other day, one one of our clients in in one of our BB groups, you know, and what their company does is service a very specific part of the finance world. I don't want to go into the details of who they sure. are or anything, but you know, 
her feedback was that, you know, we were able to articulate language in our copywriting that even they so close to it couldn't. And it's because we brought in that fresh perspective. We brought, we bring in the well-rounded um, insights from doing all of the research on the industry. And then because we are not only in that industry, we can bring in another perspective on it. And that's one of the benefits, in my opinion, right? So being able to be completely immersed in client business and understand their industry and their business challenges and marry that to the depth of knowledge that we have on marketing allows us to provide value that is exponentially greater, in my opinion, than just a, a full in-house team might be able to bring. I think that also earlier I talked about kind of those foundational building blocks. Sometimes one of the biggest benefits that I see us bring to a client is just getting the house in order. So, you know, we're we I'll go back to me being the youngest of seven. I had to do a lot of cleaning up and a lot <laughs> of organizing and a lot of of creating order because I was always kind of trailing behind all my older brothers and sisters. Again, that's not to say every client has a messy house, but one of the things that our client partnership COE can do for you is we can see through the mess or you know the the rooms of the house and we can get them organized and get them in place for future growth. That again, maybe people who are deep in it on the organizational side, on the client side, just may not be able to see because they're so deep in it. Whereas we are coming in from the outside and can easily, sometimes not so easily, see the path through the trees. Um, I used to talk about it at Ogilvy, like, um, you know, having a house with um, Chinese screen walls, right? Because if I built the foundation the right way, then I have the flexibility to move the walls however I need to move them in order to go after the the challenge that's ahead of us, whether it's a customer constituent is no longer buying our products or the brand meaning has started to dip or brand brand awareness has started to dip in the marketplace. The way that the client partnership COE will function is to build that flexible infrastructure so that clients have access to the resources and the information that they need at a moment's notice to be able to flex and turn in the market to achieve their goals. Of that. And I'm laughing to myself as you're talking. I was trying not to actually laugh because <laughs> what you said wasn't like a joke. But what I what, tr what triggered for me in my brain when you were talking about you know seeing a mess that someone else can't see, speaking of marketing, it reminded me of those old Febreze campaigns where someone would like someone else walks into the house and they all they see and smell is a big dog everywhere and the person in it in the house <laughs> had no idea because they live in that smell all the time. And Febreze would come in and, and fix that. Yeah, the big sock. I remember the big right. sock was like hanging so in the living room. We are like the metaphorical Febreze for people's marketing, right? We come in and make it smell nice and fresh. Also, what I like about the COEs, you know, what I've noticed going to different COE meetings is that it's sort of like physics in a way, like the, the law of an object that stays, like is in motion, stays in motion. Yeah. It's like we become like Newtonian marketing, right? Because all, all of us are in motion all the time. 
people go to these COE meetings and it's people from all these different cross-functional teams that are experts in different things coming together, sharing knowledge and new things with one another so that their own personal momentum builds because of the group's momentum, right? So if I'm just a B2B, I don't lose sight of a trend in e-com that maybe could be perfect for a B2B client, but I don't know it every day because I'm not over there. That person on the B2B team gets it. And then the client gets, again, that outside looking in, that different perspective from our team. Because even within our teams, we're creating those outside perspective opportunities. And it's just one big you know, waterfall effect and the client is benefiting from it. A hundred percent. I think that points me back to kind of looking at the team on the bench and being able to always keep the team in training, yeah. uh, you know, oh, and, and, you know, one of the big jobs we all have as marketers, but I think, you know, and as agency leaders um, and as team leaders, but I do think sometimes the account client partnerships group takes a very active role in this is identifying strengths in the team itself. And being able to identify talent that is growing in one area, but could really blossom in another. So let's say they're on a B2B client and they're doing account services work or client partnership work. But I can see them light up when we start talking about EDU. And I can see them light up when they start talking about getting students to enroll in classes. You know, and so that that's a huge opportunity for us as leaders to make sure that we are putting talent on the right path to keep growing and keep being inspired every day. And I think you're right, that kind of ongoing, iterative work stream of talking about client partnerships and COE subject matter, whether it's in client partnerships, creative or media, is critical for that. Well... I'm going to give you time back in your day, Amy, because if I don't stop myself, we'll be here for three hours. I feel like we, I could just keep going on this topic and you could, you have so much experience, you could keep talking about it. But I appreciate everything you share with us so far. I'm really excited for this episode to go live and to see everyone's reactions because there's just a lot of, a lot of good content you brought to the table today. So thank you. Thanks, Miles. Well, there's lots more where that came from. So let me know. I'm happy to dig in on any topic. It's, uh, I'm one of the lucky few who does what I love to do for a living. So. I will absolutely take you up on that. We will have <laughs> you back for future episodes. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.